Zeal for the Lord's house, it should consume us, as we'll see next on Times of Refreshing. And again, welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. John chapter 2, Jesus cleans out the temple. John says he remembered afterwards the scripture, Psalm 69, verse 9, zeal for your house has consumed me. Well, what does that mean? And how does that apply to you and I here today? That's what we're talking about here on today's program. Won't you join us? Again, John chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. As ministers, as people in the house of God, we have to stop thinking about ourselves. And, and Jesus was zealous for the Lord's house because people had come in and they had started to merchandise the anointing. They became merchandisers. And they were thinking about money. They were thinking about selling doves. They were thinking about selling oxen. They were thinking about selling things and making money. And then the the true essence of what that temple was created for was lost because of people's selfish desires. And I think that when we're thinking about Christianity, we're thinking about church, God wants to restore in our hearts a passion for coming to the house of God and just coming to give of ourselves, to worship God, to lay down our lives. And God, in the midst of this, I know that you're going to bless me, but I want to do the first thing first. And that is, I want to come and I want to present myself to you as an open book, as an open vessel. And so now we have individuals, and I want to hammer this home today, we have individuals that are preaching the gospel, and they're lying to the people, making empty promises about how much money you'll get if you just give this offering, if you give that offering, and if you do this, if you do that, if you do this, if you do that, and, and, and most of it has to do with money being sent to them to put in their pocket. And this has to stop in the body of Christ. And we have to lift up our eyes and see that God does not want the church to become a place of merchandise. It, it, and I'm going to show you what it is designed for. But all of us, we want to get this here. And what I mean by merchandise also is it's not just a place where I can show off my gifts and talents. Because sometimes God will have us in a season where he doesn't want us to say or do anything. And we have the purpose in our heart that, you know what, I'm, I'm just here for God. I'm not, I'm not here just to, I, can, I have gifts, I have talents, and I praise God for that. But if God wanted me to sit here for a year, I'm willing to do it and just come and worship him. How many people have that kind of mindset about the house of God and the zeal for God? That God, even if you didn't want, God, I'll sit here for the next. I tell you guys, if God told me to stop preaching right now, I'd stop preaching, raise my family, love my wife, and I would, I would read my Bible and seek the face of God and do what God is asking me to do. Because the bottom line, the goal isn't for me to come in and, and, and you know, show off my giftedness. The house of God isn't just made for that, first and foremost. It's not made for that. But people come and they have a merchandise mentality. It starts from the pulpit and the pews all over. But Jesus had a zeal for, for, for his father's house and he dealt with this. He did not want, want his father's house to become a, a house of big business, of just merchandise. How can I get my books out? 
How can I get my tapes out? Now, selling books, tapes is good. But if, if this is the thing I'm thinking about all the time is how can I get my books and tapes in the name of just trying to bless people? It's quiet in here. But I want to hammer this home because we want to make sure we want to get this right. I want to get my books and tape. We praise God for all that stuff. But the bottom line is, that's not what this is all about. And Jesus had a passion. In the beginning of his ministry, he went into the temple and he drove out those who were doing big business. Luke chapter 19, verse 45 to 48. Let's turn there. The triumphant entry has just taken place. Jesus is in Jerusalem. He gets there. The crowds are cheering. Things are going on. They're, they're, they're singing Hosanna. They're praising him. They're doing all these things. And in verse 45, we see that after Jesus weeps over Jerusalem, as he enters in to the city, In verse 45, he cleanses the temple again. Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it. Saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple. But the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him. And were unable to do anything for all the people were very attentive to hear him. And so we see here that God, that the Lord Jesus Christ comes in at the end of his ministry and he does the same thing. He, he says, listen, things still haven't changed. This, this still has been, it's still, it's a den of thieves. And for, for me... This is one of the things that I want to see happen in the church again. I want to see integrity restored back to the house of God. Where people, when they, look up the, when they look up at the pulpit, when they look up at the worship team, that they see integrity, they see honor, they see people who are just coming to give their life to God and not people who are trying to come and perform and make money for themselves and, and try to, you know, establish big business and try to uh, see, blow up, you know what I'm saying, have ministry all over the world. They're not looking at people like that. When you see there's a, there's a trust that's been regained to the, the pulpit. But at the same time, when the, when the pastor looks out and those that are up here preaching, and te- when they look out, they see people who are sincere in their faith and they are not people that have come just to get what they can get. They've come to give their lives to God and to give everything they are for the things of God. And this is how it should look in the house of God. When you look up at the pulpit, you should see sincerity and truth. When the pulpit looks down on the people, it doesn't see people who are trying to, oh, this person's trying to. It sees people who are full of sincerity and truth. And I believe this is what God is trying to restore. And Jesus Christ, when he looked at his father's house, he became zealous for his house. And every single one, we have to receive this, this zeal of the Lord for the things that are his passion again. And one is the church of the living God. That when we look at the church of the living God, we're zealous. And we say, God, I want your passion for what you have a passion for. I want this. Because it is the zeal that causes us to stand up and do something. And this is what I really wanted to get to. Because Jesus, he was zealous, but his zeal caused him to act. His zeal caused him to act. And there were four things that he, that, that were that were clear 
about this, these two situations that I want to highlight. And they are going to help us to make sure that our church goes in the right direction. We develop a zeal for God and our zeal causes us to act. There are four things that are necessary and we see them here. The first thing that we see here in this passage of Scripture is found in verse 45. And this is what Jesus did. Because we can't just look at a situation and say, well, you know, I love God, I'm zealous for God, and just stand there and do nothing. The first thing that we, that we see that Jesus does in verse 45, it says, Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it. And the first thing that we have to learn to do is to drive things out. Now this may, sound, this may sound a little, you know, forceful. I may be a little aggressive this morning, but I am on purpose because a lot of times we've sat back for years and watched things go on in our own churches. We've sat back and watched things go on on television. We've sat back and watched things go on and people have just said, well, the Lord will clean it up. The Lord will handle it. The Lord will take care of it. You know, I know that there I know that there are, you know, they're fornicating on the worship team, but you know, the Lord will help them, you know, just just no. God has committed the church. He said he is committed to church. He has given us responsibility within the church. And the first thing that he did was he drove things out. And I believe this is what God wants us to do. Is to have a passion that when we see things that are out of order, see things that are contrary to God's passion, when we're looking at the church, look at Jesus stood up and he began to drive things out. Drive things out. And, I, and that's why I say for some people, through the preaching, through the teaching, through the ministry that goes forth, if a person comes to this church and they don't want to do what's right, they shouldn't feel comfortable in the pews. I don't want people to feel comfortable that, 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 that come to the church and have an agenda. There should be something in the atmosphere that helps to drive things out. And I believe that all of us in this room, it's one thing for me to stand up and to preach something. It's another thing for the person that is sitting right next to you to have a high standard and, and to say, you know what, I'm not going to let this happen in my church. I'm not just going just to let this stuff go on on my clock. Jesus didn't do it because he was zealous and his zeal caused him to drive things out of the church. And this is what we want. I remember we had... A group of women that were coming into church. Remember how we had a, a group of women that were caught up in, in uh, some witchcraft and whatnot. And they wanted to come and join the church. And we were nice to them, very courteous and all those other things. But we made it a point up front that, hey, listen, we're not going to tolerate that in this house. Amen? We're not going to tolerate it. Now, we know ultimately they went off and then on the, come to find out they were involved in a cult. Then one of the sisters, a couple of the sisters came back and, and, and thanked us for asking them to leave the church. And we're blessed that we took a stand for righteousness. And they blessed us. And then she went off and got her life right with God. Some of the other ones are still out there, you know, wandering. But the bottom line is there, that we cannot allow certain things because of our zeal for God and his house. We can't allow certain things to go on. And this has to be the atmosphere and the culture that is created. For so many leaders, and I'm saying this to myself, we have a tendency just to let things go because we don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to harm the sheep. We don't want to do these things. But you cannot, uh, we cannot allow wolves to enter in amongst the flock and just let it go unchecked. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Amen? The good shepherd doesn't let it go on. And I believe there has to be something in us, a passion within us, 
to say, you know what, number one, when we see things, we have a desire to drive things. We got to drive things out of our personal life. Amen? The Bible says that my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. I have to drive stuff out of my life that's not in alignment with the will of God. Amen? Because I am a house for God. We have to drive stuff out. I'm getting rid of this. Get it out of here. I got to get it out of my life. I don't have time for this stuff in my life. I'm tired of this stuff. I'm tired. Let's get out. We have to have that mindset that it's got to go. And this is what Jesus did. He had this mindset. And so the first thing that he did was he, he drove it out. The next thing we see here in verse 46, it says, He said to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer. Somebody say prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. And so we see here the next thing that we have to do if we're going to see things change is that we have to return to prayer. We have to return to the house of God being a place of of consistent and fervent prayer. Because this is one of the things that it was designed to be. A house of prayer for all nations. And it starts in our personal life, but it spills over into, into a corporate setting. That prayer has to return. When we come to church or we assemble together, we should be thinking that this is where I'm coming to release praise, worship, prayer, intercession, giving of thanks. I'm coming to God and I want to I communicate with God. I'm not just coming so that I can get my needs met. I'm not just coming just so I can, you know, Show my talents. In fact, I'm not just coming. I'm not coming just to serve. I'm coming to serve. I'm going to serve. But I'm not just coming to. But this is a place of prayer. When people think about the church, they should think about prayer. They should think about intimacy with God. They should think about a love for God, a passion for God. They should think about coming and just communing with God. Lifting up high praises, worshiping Him. But for the church, in some ways, in some people's mind, it has become just a place of big business. Jesus saw this and he drove it out. The third thing we see here that is necessary, it says in verse 47, And he was teaching daily in the temple, but the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him. The next thing we have to do is return to preaching and teaching, to return to the sound teaching and preaching of the Word of God. And this is something that I am endeavoring, and I pray that every person in this room, that we have a passion to hear the Word, to hear the Scripture, to, to hear the Scripture expounded upon. That, that in the church, that we're thinking about, I'm coming to pray, I'm coming to worship, I'm coming to pray, but I'm coming to hear a message from God. I'm coming. I'm not thinking about, you know, who I can hook up with and, and who I'm going out with and, and how we can talk about our business endeavors and, and how we can, oh, we need to get together. I, I'm first and foremost, I'm coming. I want to I pray. I want to hear from God. And I'm willing to drive things out that are unlike God. This is the mentality that Jesus had. And Jesus began to teach them. He began to restore order to the house of God. Sound preaching and teaching of the word of God has to return. We get so creative in this 21st century. We got PowerPoints. We got lights and cameras, action, boom, bang, bang, and everything. And we think that this is how we're going to captivate our audience. But this isn't what Jesus did. Jesus sat on a hill and he just began to preach. Preach. 
And the words that were coming out of his mouth were spirit and they were life and they were changing people and seeds were being sown. And the people, they loved the word of God. They received the word of God. They weren't trying to be entertained. They wanted to hear something that would change their lives. And this has to return. We can get so creative that we lose the foundation. And the last thing here, and this is what I really love. This, this is really, this is good. Verse 48. They sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything for all the people were very attentive to hear him. All the people were very attentive to hear him. And this is what I believe has to happen. That we have to raise up people who have become attentive to hear him. And this has to return because we can hear many people, we can hear many things. But Jesus Christ, he wants people in the church to have an ear to hear what he has to say. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing, there's nothing that the devil can do to you. There's nothing that these hucksters can do to you. As you're watching Christian television or you're in service, there's nothing that people can do to you when you really have an ear to hear what Jesus Christ has to say. When you're attentive, that even when you're listening to the person, you're listening for Jesus. That, and this is what happens. This is what happens when we drive things out that are unlike God. When we return to prayer. When we have sound preaching and teaching on the word of God. And we raise up people who have an ear to hear what Jesus Christ has to say to him. It returns order to the house of God. God's agenda is released. And it is a sign that we are very zealous for God because the enemy will constantly try to put pressure on us to go in different directions. But Jesus Christ, he set things in order. He set things in order in the beginning of his ministry. He set things in order at the end of his ministry. He gave us a picture of what he's looking for out of the house of God. And Praise God. Our church brings in a lot of money. We have to do business. But what is the priority? What is the priority in our personal lives? Am I just thinking about my next job? Am I just thinking about my next opportunity to, 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 to minister? Am I thinking about how much money I can make on this trip? You know, how, how much, what can I do? Am I, is that my mindset? Or am I thinking about how much I can give of my life to God? Regardless of what happens. This morning, I want to challenge and encourage everyone here today. You're in a church, and we believe that God is raising us up to be a people that are willing to drive things out that are unlike Him. What is it? I don't know. What is it in your personal life? What is it in my personal life? What is it in the church that needs to be driven out? Whatever it is, Jesus Christ, because of His zeal for His Father's house, He was willing to stand up and drive it out. Number two, that this church, we are endeavoring to be a place of true prayer. Where prayer is, is the foundation, the essence. This church was birthed out of prayer. We started this as a prayer meeting. That God moved. And so prayer has to be our, our foundation in our personal life. And then also within the church. When I come to church, am I expecting prayer? Am I expecting to be able to release my prayers to God? Number three is that we're endeavoring to be a place of strong preaching and teaching of the word of God. And then number four, to have a people who are ready to hear what Jesus Christ has to say. 
as a church. This is what we're here for. We're not here just to do big business. But this is what it's become. And Jesus Christ, he made a stand against it. And let me close by saying this. One of the things that is being said in the body of Christ that disturbs me greatly, and I believe that if we're not watchful, that strong judgment will come. People are standing in the pulpit and they're saying that you should give offerings to us because our ministry is good ground. You should give offerings to us, and this is business, because our ministry is good ground. This, this bothers me, and, and I'm going to sh- share with you why. Because we have individuals who are widows, who are orphans, who are poor, who, who don't have it going on, who are struggling in their life. And, and I want to say this right, almost brings me to tears. And it's as if giving to the poor, to the orphan, to the widow, to that person whose ministry even may be a good pastor, but just ministry is struggling, he's falling on hard times. It's as if this, these individuals aren't good ground. But because my ministry is doing so well, you should sow a seed here. And this is the lie that has to be dealt with in the body of Christ. Because a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he or she possesses. possesses. And when we get it in our mind that it's not just about sowing into what we call good ground because something looks good. It's a being obedient to God. That whether he's telling you to give money to that poor man that's standing there on the corner. Or he's telling you to give money to this this widow who's struggling. We look at sowing so much as an investment. Glory to God. And we have such a, a worldly mentality when it comes to this stuff. That we think that if I can give to this the biggest preacher, then I can get the blessing that's on their life. Can I, can I just pull the cover off of this? Because we're looking at something, we're looking some, at something as, a, as, a, as, a, as an investment. And we're saying to ourselves, if I can just give to this guy and to this guy, not realizing that God will reward you for giving to that poor widow that's sitting there that's struggling. He'll, give, he'll reward you for giving to, to somebody in Africa who, who's, whose church is all messed up. And they can't afford to have all this stuff. But yet they're passionate and zealous for God. It's become such, this sowing and reaping deal has become so perverted that we're even sowing out of our own covetousness and desire for great profit. But God is trying to change his church. But we need people who are willing to drive stuff out. Who are willing to return to prayer to the word of God and, 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 and learn to be attentive to what he has to say. So that when people come to deceive us with this foolishness, we're hearing from God and we're willing to stand for righteousness. 
And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, we love hearing from you. It means a great deal to us knowing that these programs are having their desired effect on your life, spurring you on in Christ, love, and good deeds. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. Now, normally at this time, I would invite you to join us for worship here at the well, but at least until May 1st, because of the COVID-19, we're not available to do that at this time. What we are available to do is invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless. 